Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm Genre, and I'm here with Stacy Cooney. Hello. And with, uh... No, can't be that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's lots of people with my name, as it turns out. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Including one who's a physician, which I've never impersonated her, but... You know, I did get her dental records one time. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was HIPAA. It was a HIPAA, whatever you call it. Violation? Yeah, big time. They mailed them right to my house. <laughs> Whoops. Huh. That's what I said. Okay. I don't go to this dentist. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, this is Civil Politics. <laughs> Mike is away due to some um, automobile issues, so I'm... Uh, talking right now. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, I'm going to try to be keeping an eye on the uh, email and the Twitter. The email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. If you want to follow us on Facebook and send us a message or anything like that, that is civil yeah, facebook.com slash civilpolitics and our website is civilpoliticsradio.org Actually, no, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio, and it's civilpoliticsradio.com. Uh, we post our archives on there, and there are links to podcasts and our trusted news source. Uh, so, and that's where we get all of our links uh, to and sources to uh, support our crazy ramblings. How's it going, guys? Okay. It's Friday! Woohoo! <laughs> It another, is Friday. Another crazy week in the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> week. Um, well, what, uh, what did you want to talk about first? I'm just tech. Oh, you're not? Oh, okay. I'm, okay. I will just be, I'll, I'll, I'll just be <laughs> keeping you guys from and we wore Stacey the bloodbath over here. And we wore Stacey just did another here, show so. before you, uh. <laughs> yes. Um. I have definitely already uh, done something tonight, so I would like to not talk about to start off with uh, Right to Try, because I've already sort of burned out my anger on that one. <laughs> just so everybody knows, Right to Try is the new... It's a, is it a law? Is it a... They just signed it. Trump it's a new law. It, it's, yep. a, it's, a, it's an actual honest-to-goodness law. Honest-to-goodness law. Yep. I thought it was just an executive... With a little boy who was standing next to Trump oh, when Jesus. he signed it, and the little kid was really cute. Of course he, he was. could not get Trump's attention. It was Q actually quite wonderful out to of the, see. Uh, Q ratings out the wazoo, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, did you want to describe it, or do you want me to? Or do you want to... Of course, by having talked about it, now we have to talk about it. Um, we just need to. to it we, we can just there. define it, and then you can just step out of it. Basically, what a right to try law states is, or at least this one, is that if you are terminally ill and there is a drug that has at least reached the preliminary second round of. Uh, FDA trials that you can petition the manufacturer of the drug in order to be able to use it uh, before it, it is actually FDA approved. And um, the ridiculousness of this is that there is already an FDA rule which states that uh, it's called the uh, it's usually called a compassionate use clause 
And so that already existed. Uh, and so what this is, is this is a uh, shameless corporate dig, which is being used to begin the chipping away of the FDA and its ability to actually prove uh, or be the arbiter of drugs, safety and efficacy. Um, and so the Goldwater Institute is already starting to ramp up its attacks. And uh, I imagine that the next thing that's going to happen is going to be that they're going to say, well, what about people who are just really ill rather than terminally ill? That's what I was going to say is that that was the amendment that was on there and they stripped it off before they sent it through. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That's where it's going. And of course, I disagree with you because, you know, I think people should take vaccines if they want to and try drugs that have gone through the first round if they want to, especially if they're dying. But I totally get what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. It's a way to undermine the FDA. And I get that idea of libertarianism, and I, I, I agree with it in principle, but not in reality, because... For instance, it's one thing to say that someone can try a drug now. And my argument is, is that they can already do that through the, the compassionate use clause. Yep. This is a power grab by corporations to dismantle the FDA. And that's why I'm opposed to it. I also, again, you know, we're not going to talk about this because it's not terribly relevant to tonight. But my argument about vaccines is that that is a... Uh, tragedy of the commons issue. It is not an individualistic in, uh, issue. So your right to not take vaccines impacts my right to not get diseases. And therefore, it's not an individualistic choice. So, it's not the same as drug use, uh, recreational drug use, or asking to use a drug that might kill you. So I'm not going to chase that argument because I know we'll spend the whole night on it. But I want to go back to um, and use my age to convince you, <laughs> having lived through the AIDS crisis, that they could not get compassionate use. They could not get it. It's on the books, but they could not get it to be approved because of the way people felt, you know, about the four H's at the time. Yes, but the thing is that what you could do is if you were actually serious about helping terminally ill patients, you would have strengthened the ability of people to use the compassionate use clause rather than create a right to use law, which is written basically by ALEC for ALEC and yeah. uh, yeah. is basically completely and utterly a way to begin chipping away at the FDA. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I just remember the AIDS thing and it was awful. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, when you realize that the decision gets to be made by some committee somewhere, it should make everyone nervous. But that's just me because I'm a Republican. Well, I mean, the problem is, is that here you're basically letting anybody make the decision. And that's, you know, expertise is important. And that is something that we have lost in this country, is the idea that expertise is important. I've run into an awful lot of bad experts, and I understand why people don't trust them anymore. But the thing is, is Including that... Including the electricians that came to my house that weren't licensed. Yes, but see, they weren't licensed, <laughs> therefore they weren't experts. Yeah. So you can't say that, they, that that is equivalent because they literally were not experts. They might have been passing themselves off as experts, but that is not the same were. thing. Yeah. And so that is the issue, is that 
we have lost the ability to have faith in expertise. And yes, you can argue very, very convincingly that some experts are terrible. You know, I know many academicians and some of them are just crackpots. I mean, I always say that there are, you know, for instance, very, uh, very learned crackpots who uh, have university positions. There's a guy, I think at BU, who is a regular on the Ancient Aliens uh, show. So having a What's university. What's wrong with that? Uh, <laughs> That's I, why I love this show, because we have such different opinions. I, I'm, I'm treading a line right now. I'm poking the bear right now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I didn't say that that was necessarily something he shouldn't be able to do. He should totally be able to do that. <laughs> There's a dude at Mount Holyoke who is a certified crackpot. Um, I can't remember exactly what his his thing is, but he has something that basically every other person in his field thinks is a crackpot theory. But he's a tenured professor at Mount Holyoke. So. And that happened to Galileo and all sorts of other people, right? Uh, no, 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 no. So um, there was a book, and I can't remember the reference, but earlier in our shows, probably a year ago, um, it was a book fairly, it had just come out, but it was about the um, the loss of trust in experts and how people have become their own experts, and especially when they're on the web, how they respond with factoids and history. And I mean, it's the, I, I hear it on C-SPAN. Somebody will call in and say the darndest things. And because it's radio, you can't see that I just rolled my <laughs> eyes at Sue so hard that I actually hurt them a bit. But this book was just an exploration of how, how we got so disconnected and how, how people feel so empowered to question experts and authority and and some of our, a lot of our systems have failed. I mean, look at the Catholic Church and the, you know, the, the, the priests and look, you know, look at the banks and Wells Fargo. I mean, look at the financial planners that, you know, have taken huge fees out of people, people's um, retirements. I mean, it goes on in sort of every industry at the moment. There's a lot of skepticism. Is that the word? Um, I, I would argue that there's a lot of distrust. Distrust. Okay. Not skepticism, a lot of distrust. Um, I think that it's important to delineate skepticism as a specific thing that involves specific rules and and sort of parameters. So I would say it's distrust. And, you know, I mean, I am the first to say, and I said it at the top of the hour at my show, that, you know, I am 100% an anti-corporatist. I am not interested in supporting pharmaceutical companies as pharmaceutical companies. Um, But I think it's important to separate the science from the uh, trappings of capitalism. And I think that capitalism... Marketing promotion, the four Ps. Exactly. Price promotion, place, and I forget the... I don't remember what the other one is, but yeah. I'm sorry? Poconos. Um, yeah, trips to the Poconos for all those doctors. I pretty, I pretty much have one job in this show right now. <laughs> Keeping us from going across the table with each other. <laughs> um, can you, Stacy has the show before us, which is called Evidence Based Radio, and uh, you were talking about skepticism very specifically because that's what your show's about, right? It's true. Yes. Skepticism versus um, untrustfulness. Distrust. Yeah, distrust. You can find her show on at evidencebaseradio.com. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think that it's important to differentiate those two things. But I think it's important to note that there is a good reason why a lot of people have distrust in a lot of those situations. And I think that we have had a real hard time in this country because we have a system that is set up as a system that is unfair. And so when you have an unfair system, it's hard to trust people in that system. Um, I think that that is a fundamental core issue with America, is that our system is set up in a way that is fundamentally unfair to a large swath of the population. And so I think it's hard to trust people when you live in an unfair society. So I'm going to give you an example, and you tell me if this is untrust or skepticism. Sure. Another electrician Mm -hmm. came in, put in my standby generator, and wired the control part of it with 15 amps instead of 20, which is a problem because the book says it needs 20 amps because it has a heater on the th- on the carburetor and it has to control all the mechanisms. So, you know, it over time may have destroyed the breaker. That was a licensed electrician. Is that untrust in that I looked at the book, I've called five other electricians, they all say, yeah, 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 it should have been, should have been 20 amps. Or is that untrust? I think that that's that's distrust. It's untrust. But I think the problem is is that you're conflating two things, and it's not it's not a bad conflation. It's a totally understandable conflation. But you have to separate the idea of experts from the fact that some of those experts are going to necessarily be flawed. So shouldn't you check? I'm not saying that you shouldn't check. Shouldn't you be skeptical that they have put in what they said or did what they said or I, know what they're doing? I mean, I, those are two different things. I believe Doing in, what they said versus right. knowing what they should do. You know, trust but verify is a very real thing. Reagan, However, you quoted Reagan. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> <I'm> the, <laughs> Reagan would be a liberal these days, so I'm fine with quoting Reagan. <laughs> yeah, look at all those immigrants he exactly amnestied. Um, so take that conservatives. Reagan would be a liberal these days. Um, so my, my thought on that is that that's something you can check. I can look in a book on electrical wiring and I can pretty much figure it out. The normal, the regular lay person can probably figure that out. A wiring diagram? A wiring diagram. I did those in, you know, physics class in 12th grade. I'm sure that if I looked online, you know, I could find some diagrams. You're not a regular person. Okay, I'm not a regular person. <laughs> That's not, you're, you're not coming at it as a, a complete lay person. A regular person probably didn't take physics in like grade school or whatever. Mm. So that's something to, to, to remember. Let me put it this way. My father, functionally illiterate, barely a high school gra- graduation, ba- barely a high school, you know, certificate. You know, they basically threw him over the line because that was what you did in the, you know, You've been here long 50s. enough. Go on, get out of here. <laughs> um, you know, it was a farming town. My dad did such good electrical work in my grandparents' home that when the inspector came, he said, you couldn't possibly have done this yourself. You had to have had a licensed electrician do this. And he said, no. And he said to my dad, you did a better job than a lot of licensed electricians that I know. That sort of thing can be legal. learned. You can't do your own plumbing in this state, but you can do your own electrical wiring as long as somebody else checks it. Yep. So. What? It's true. 
Okay. Well, because a lot of people grew up in places where you did it yourself, and you're actually very good at it. Yeah. It's sort of like, can you shoe a horse? True, true. My dad's a very old-fashioned Yankee, you know. <laughs> his his hobby is legitimately puttering. Yeah. Um, Can't confirm. <laughs> and so, you know, that sort of thing I understand. However, the idea that you can read Google for an hour and know more about medicine than a doctor or know more about climate than a climate change scientist or you can prove that the earth is flat despite 99.9999% of all geologists, uh, geophysicists, pretty much everyone who has any kind of actual understanding of how is it just the world Google, works will know. Because I just had a conversation with a guy who was an EMT for years and almost lost his son to appendicitis because the doctors didn't do the basic tests that all EMTs do for appendicitis and he almost lost his his son and his expertise comes from his technical training which we have despaired you know see in this whole country so are you making the argument that it's because you're looking at google and that's not as good as hands-on training sort of in an apprenticeship i'm i'm perfectly willing to more valuable one more valuable than I the other? would say that that learning a, a skill learning a trade very valuable I think that you know I am a very very much one of those people who you know feels like the fact that we've devalued the trades is a tragedy um, and I think that someone it will doom this country in my opinion but. someone who is an EMT you know has the training and again though the issue is a macro versus a micro scale And I think that that's the problem is that we take these micro scale examples like you have, you have all of these, you know, in every field, you have these data (laughs) points of one or two. But when you look at it from a macroscopic scale, if we take those as the rule, then we have chaos. But a data point of one is not zero. A data point of one is not zero, but a data point of one is not statistically significant. It is if it's the only data point. No, because <laughs> it's the only one. You only take data points for sampling. But if it's it's the only example, data point of one is that is like arguing. Uh, my favorite non-argument. I which also I, took physics in high school. So <laughs> my, my favorite non-argument is the argument of um, how it is so infinitesimally, uh, you know, uh, statistically in in. Um, Uh, that there's such a huge statistical anomaly of the fact that life exists on Earth. But the thing is, is that it's not. Yeah, you try a million times at something that's one in a million. Or you try 40 billion times for something that's one in, you know, 30 billion. But the thing is, is that we don't know what the statistical equivalency is. So therefore, as far as we're concerned, it's one. And so people can say, oh, well, there's all these factors that say that, you know, it's completely statistically ridiculous that we were put here or that we, you know, just uh, that abiogenesis happened. But the thing is, is that it's not. It's one. The the statistic is one. It that is we not know a, of. Yeah. That we know of. And so you can't say that it's statistically significant because it's not. It's one. It's a data point of one. You can't say it either is or is not. Exactly. Yeah. 
So let's take a hard left. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just want to say methane uh, dunes on Pluto. Did you see that? I did. It's did very you care? neat. <laughs> it's neat. <laughs> Sorry. But it's, it's not civil politics. <laughs> it's our, well, sometimes we go this celestial. Is... <laughs> we go up into the NASA. And... <laughs> this is what happens when you put the two science nerds together. Yeah, I was with looking no... for a segue and I couldn't find one. So I just said, screw it. Let's barrel through. So... <laughs> Uh, Sorry, we, yeah. Let's um, <laughs> pull us up from the rat hole. Yeah, yeah. With the all the science stuff, I'm like, I know about Batman. <laughs> um, let's get. I was. I mean, honestly, when you guys were talking about micro versus macro, uh, it would it reminded me of the two kind of events surrounding um, racism uh, in in the past week. One surrounding sexism. No. Surrounding okay. racism. Okay. One was the Roseanne thing. Two was the Starbucks thing. Oh, the sensitivity training. Yeah, yeah. See, I afternoon. Got, I'm going somewhere. So <laughs> sorry, I thought we were going to compare the Samantha B no. thing. It's like no, 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 sexism, no, no. Not I did not want to bring that up seven minutes before the half. <laughs> we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Oh, okay. Clearly, because we're listening to civil politics on Valley Free Radio. We are one hundred three point three FM. No, it's one hundred four now. <laughs> WXO data point of one. One oh three point three WXOJP one oh three point three FM and it we are out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And you know, one of our local stations is moving their they're um moving up the dial. I was surprised they're getting really close to us. Shut up. HMP is moving to one oh one something. What? Yeah. Get yeah, they're trying here. to get closer to us. Well, we <laughs> have the, the real estate. We do. Oh yeah. So um I wanted to, one, I wanted to get your thoughts on the racism training that Starbucks went into uh, for, you know, the afternoon to solve racism. I think that it's better than nothing, which is not to say much, obviously, but I think... Data point of one. Well... (laughs) But the thing is, is that I think that at least they are making an effort, even if it's completely for show, even if nothing comes of it, at least they did something. At least they said publicly, we do not want racism in our stores. It is a lot better than a lot of people are doing these days. It is a lot better than what might have come out of, say, our executive branch these days. And so, you know, even though some very sad white women didn't get to get their mocha latte (laughs) triple skim mochiatos today. It was only guys that I saw showing up at 2.30. I think that it was at least worth making the effort. Sue? I, I, um, I agree. I think they've made a terrible mistake saying that anybody can use the bathrooms, whether or not they're buying stuff, because... If if you've ever been downtown Northampton, you know what happens when you have a bathroom that's open to the public. It's a it's a wayfair. So I think they made a tactical error with that. But I know why they're doing it. They're doing it so that nobody's discriminated against of in any way. No, there's no judgment to be made. You can just use the bathroom. And the other thing I'd say about it is that I really I really appreciate that they closed the stores where they could. Cost them a lot of money. They didn't try and squeeze it into mm-hmm. an after hour. They made a statement with that by closing all their stores for the afternoon. And on a holiday. And on a holiday. They lost a lot of money doing it, and they were making, I think, a bigger point. But I have to say I appreciate that they did that. And I assume that this is a continuing process for them, that this is much deeper than that, you know, when they train new tra- new people that are coming into the company. or I assume that it's a whole 
roll one can out. only hope that there'll be some sort of, you know, don't be a dick yeah. <laughs> training. Well, and people don't realize their own bias. It's sometimes it's just shocking. That, and I've done it. I've I've done things. And I think, oh my god, what was I thinking? But at many places that I've worked at, when there's been a big event and they need to do some in service to get everybody on the same page, you know, they offer you different ones that you can go to after your shift or they you know they run it a couple of times on a wednesday and they tell it's mandatory but not everybody goes i mean i i think that was something that was absolutely different and it and it got a lot of news because it was they they shut it and they were also making a point to their customers i think too let me ask you guys a question just be we have a few minutes the um do you think i mean personally i think it was a big a big show I don't think much is going to come come out of it. The most important thing I think came out of it is that they lost a lot of money. Um, but the there is the point that uh, every all the stores closed. If like three managers understood what was going on, is that worth it? Did she get fired? The one who called yeah. the police? Oh on yeah, oh, of did. course. Yeah, yeah she's yes. gone. Yeah, because yeah. oh, yes. um, I know that I was listening to radio. There's one uh, woman that came out of Star, like uh, the training, saying, "Oh my God, I had no idea." Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think that we have to do this person by person, unfortunately, because I think that that's the only way that you really do change hearts and minds is person to person. You, you have can't, to get them where they live. You you have to you yeah. have to talk to people. Um, you know, for instance, I, um, I will be volunteering with something that I will not talk about, obviously, um, right now, because it is a political thing. But, uh, you know, the training was talking to people one on one, how do you talk to someone about a difficult subject, and try and convince them that your way of thinking about it is the right way. Well, the way that you do that is that you don't try and convince them. You talk to them, you listen to them, and then you tell them things from your own personal experience, and you ask them to tell you about their own personal experience, and then you try and bring them to the point naturally from your conversation. You don't say, I think that this is the right thing, therefore you should think that this is the right thing. Because that doesn't work. I think that it's, you know, it has to be on an individual level. And I think that you're right that, you know, it's not going to, you know, it is certainly not going to solve racism. (laughs) You know, an afternoon of Starbucks closing is not going to solve racism in this country. It is a deeply ingrained, deeply, deeply, deeply embedded cornerstone of American culture Um, and so but I think that it is good and again even if it is a shameless publicity stunt I still think it's important because they did it instead of instead of saying oh well that was just one bad actor right and they and they paid off those guys yes paid off they settled with them oh they settled um, yes, undisclosed amount and the well, just so everybody knows undisclosed amount and the uh, city of Philadelphia has uh, paid them each one dollar um, because of the police action, and they are setting up a fund uh, to in Philly or in b- Philly um, mm-hmm. to support uh, 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 youth that want to run their own business, like um, uh, people oh, of color, like uh, youth yeah. entrepreneurs, yeah. Um, so that's Sweet. that's pretty good. I think it's like five hundred thousand dollars or something like that. So cool guys. 
Um, well, we are right at the half. Ha. I'm excellent at this. No, I'm not going to do it all the time. Mike, please come back soon. Uh, you're listening to Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio, and we're going to uh, take a break uh, so we can catch a breath and uh, play some PSAs and uh, other other sorts of things. And we will be back in a few minutes. As soon as I find the the thing. Right. There we go. You're listening to Valley Free Radio. I did it. WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. Today, community broadcasting is more important than ever. Corporate interests affect what music we hear on commercial radio. And real news and opinion take a backseat to ratings and profits. Valley Free Radio is owned by its members, operated by volunteers. It's programming created by your friends and neighbors, and it's wholly supported by the community. Please consider going to www.valleyfreeradio.org donate to support free speech in the Pioneer Valley. Thank you so much. The Lily Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lily Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on Internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lilylibrary.org. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups, no insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. And that's fine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong Everything with being in the proper place. The common <laughs> clay salt of the earth. Hey, Mom, how about this game? What's it rated? Uh, huh, let's see. T for teen with violence and suggestive themes? Uh, no. Video games are fun, but not all games are right for all players. Look for the rating symbol and content descriptors and read the rating summaries that tell you what's actually in the game. (sighs) This one better? Oh, much. For more information about ratings and rating summaries, visit ESRB.org. Did you know there is a CSA from which you can get locally brewed beer shares? Or that there is a delivery service that can bring produce from local farms to your door every week? Farm to Fork is a radio program dedicated to revealing the history of the food system in the Pioneer Valley and exploring the bounty the valley has to offer. The program tackles the complex issues surrounding food, drink, and every kind of nutrient with their individual production schemes and consumer markets. 
These topics and more Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on Farm to Fork, Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, WXOJLP, Northampton. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413-587-1013 to find out more. And welcome back to Civil Politics on WXOJLP 103.3 FM. I'm still here with Stacy. Hello. And Sue. Hello. I'm Genre. Hi. Um, and as I previewed before, uh, we're going to dive into this Roseanne Samantha B thing. I just want to ask one question. Yeah. Do you know what do you know what Pluto is? Pluto is a dwarf planet. Oh, I thought he was that character on Disney and I could never tell what he was exactly. Sorry. Pluto's it's, a dog. Oh, Pluto's a dog. Sorry. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, the and planet also thing. also not a planet. <laughs> Still not a planet. Get over it. <laughs> I understand your argument. I understand your argument, legitimate astronomers. I still don't agree with you. Get over it. It is a planet? No, it is not a planet. It is Even a with the dwarf methane planet. And it the is a dwarf planet. All that other stuff, the carbon. And it's super cool, but it's not a planet. Yeah, it's because it's so far away from the sun. It's because it's the same size as Sharon, <laughs> which is its uh, quote-unquote moon. It's about oh, I thought you were talking about the town. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, or Sorry. Karen, depending on uh, if you pronounce it with the hard C or the soft C. But uh, yeah, it's basically the same size as its moon. It's like about a tenth of a size, a tenth bigger or something like that. Don't quote me on that one. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's not a planet. It's super cool, but it's not a planet. Good to know. Okay. So Samantha Bee is super cool. Super, super cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Love her. I have not been able to watch the... I Honestly, I have not been able to watch the episode in question. I saw like... The snippet where she says I something. I think. Or like just I watched, uh, written it. Yeah. Or, I watched the CNN. Um, I watched Jake, Jake Tapper's uh, bit Oh, you on like it. him anyway. I, <laughs> I, I am a Jake Tapper fangirl, I have to admit. <laughs> I find him delightful. Um, I also have a... He does take people on. I, I also have a uh, super, super, super warm uh, spot in my heart for Shep Smith. Um, so, yes, I... I, I was going to say that about Shep. Yeah. I've, always, I've, I've always liked Shep. Yeah. For decades, See, I like I've liked Dickerson. Shep. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. Um, but Jake Tapper is my new BFF when it comes to uh, newscasters. Um, but, yeah, so I watched it. Um, I oh, uh, Sorry, we nope. should actually go... We should actually tell people what it is, ah. just in case some, some some of our listeners she was just talking about. Well, Trump's daughter should do something about his immigration policy, just splitting families. Oh, I right? can I can. Do you can paraphrase it better. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Go Sorry. for it. All right. So what happened was that it was a segment on um, the ridiculous policy of separating children from their parents. Um, 
Interestingly enough, and I, I do want to point this out in the interest of full disclosure, she used a picture of children in um, what is essentially almost a dog kennel. Um, but that was actually a picture taken during the Obama administration. So full disclosure, Obama was also doing incredibly this. bad about immigration. Um absolutely atrocious he deported more people than any other president um so um but anyways uh what her argument was is that of course uh Ivanka had made this incredibly tone deaf uh Instagram picture where she had this picture of her holding her son in this like you know flowing uh, glowing uh, Instagram photo and Sam B uh, very rightly pointed out that it was in poor taste given what was happening and um, basically suggested that uh, she should go in and talk to her father. Uh, she has should, influence with him. Exactly. Uh, she should put on something low cut um, oh, dear. and uh, <laughs> should go and the, uh, um, the masses. <laughs> And go and talk to him about about it. is shocking. And then she said, you blank. Feckless. Sea blank. Feckless sea bomb. Yes. Feckless sea bomb. Feckless is okay to stay stay on the radio. I didn't remember what what it was. That's why I said blank. Uh, The first time I heard that Chris Christie used it about trump feckless is a great word yeah. i have to admit yeah, it's it sort of came back to like in the past word. few years when they when they were calling obama feckless no i never heard him call obama feckless Maybe it was like every week yeah, yeah. Hmm. sue huh come on i must have missed that apparently <laughs> um but yeah so that is what happened Maybe it was chris christie calling um, obama feckless Probably. And I'm going to... entire GOP was doing that. Sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, no, they didn't know that word. I think Chris Christie sort of brought it back out of the lexicon, but I I could be wrong. That's just because you like Chris Christie. It's probably prejudice. You're right. It's probably (laughs) bias. Let's lie all of our biases (laughs) on the line. They started calling Obama feckless with, like, after, like, a year of his presidency. Because he... Oh, right, because he was helping... Right, he helped Romney. That's right. Yeah, it was Chris Christie. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, he was he was helping Romney and he that's right. So, um anyway. <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, my argument for that is that she was speaking truth to power and you know, the truth hurts. She's a comedian. Truth hurts. And also I will admit my bias, I will lay my bias on the table, which is that I am a shameless Angliophile. And in England, that word has a very different meaning. Um, it is used in a much freer way. Um, it is used for Better both. If she called her a fanny. Um, both men and women, and so um, I'm. It doesn't have the same kind of power for it for me as it does for maybe other Do feminists you know fanny and other and Britishisms. Yeah, yeah. One so. thing with that with that is we need to remember that she was she was in America speaking to an American audience. Exactly. That's what I was saying yeah. about my personal prejudice. Yeah. That's that's why I said my personal prejudice. Right. I mean I I've, I just wanted to say that say that out loud because that specific thing, you're saying something to an American audience that means you're speaking to someone in that culture. So if someone said if someone says like, oh uh, F uh yeah. word um for gay people oh it mean it means something else like in my or culture like you're talking sh- to me huh? was a big deal in yeah. britain but it wasn't a big deal here because it's a different exactly. term but who was the film pointed at but if you're in yeah. a like let's yeah. say you're in an uh a forum that is 
mostly populated by Americans and you're saying that, then you need to understand your audience and you are saying that to Americans. So that is how it's going to be taken. I spent a lot of time in forums. Well, so I'm a, so I'm an incredible feminist, so I didn't take great offense at what Samantha B said because she's funny and I'm used to it. But it is, it is incredibly sexist and horrible. And when people are called that in other arenas, things happen and people are fired. So I'm going to go to Roseanne. One thing, other thing, she said it before. Yes. Like a on bunch her show. on her show a bunch of times. Yeah. Yes. It and was just directed at the president's daughter. That was the big deal. She called the president's daughter that before yeah. too. Oh, yeah. she has. I may yes. have missed that. Yes. Is. This is not a, a random occurrence for Sam B. No. So, so this is another deflection by the president to push us away from understanding and looking at anything that he's doing. It's another well, and he's getting ready to pardon all the folks that have been on a Celebrity Apprentice, right? right? <laughs> oh, he's already started, yeah. Yeah, yeah Martha Stewart. But and, um, you were saying about Roseanne. So Roseanne, I like Roseanne. I think she's very funny. And so here's the question for you guys, because I know you don't. And she is a Trump supporter, although I'm not. Um, does it matter that she took Ambien? Like, patches Kennedy driving his car into, nope. the, into the thing when he was on Ambien? As, Does as, it matter that you're that you're no, half in the bag? No, no. You're an adult woman. Yeah, and but also he, as Ambien said, I I have to say that that was one of my favorite tweets of all time. Is that um, I forget who makes it? Uh, Sophie. Sophie um, said. Um, don't leave home. No, it's don't. it's Safani, isn't it? Anyways, um, doesn't matter. Anyways, oh, uh, the manufacturer of the they, drug. Yes, the oh, manufacturer sorry. of the drug I, said, <laughs> you know, our our you know, Ambien has known side effects, but racism is not one of them. Oh, that's yeah. funny. And they actually tweeted that out, yeah. and it is true that it doesn't give her any excuse because this isn't the first thing she said. And as in my forums, I have been talking to people about and reading about. The thing is, is that this isn't the first minority group that Roseanne has slandered. So she has been a well-known transphobe previous to this. I thought she was trans. Sorry. I really womp, did. Womp. No. Yeah. Huh. Huh. No. 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 So um, let me bring up the other half of what she said, which was that the um, Valerie Jarrett was the, the child of the racist comment in the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood and Plan of the Apes. Yeah. And yeah. so there's there's two parts to that, which is, you said it earlier. Islamophobia. Islamophobia. I keep trying to think of what the word is for, you know. I know anti-Semite, but what's Islamophobia? Um, so there's there's three things we're looking at here. We've got sexism of Samantha B. on its face. No? No. Wow. Nope. White woman against white woman. Nope. Mm -mm. Well, there's a piece of that, which is who who gets to say it. All right, I'll give you that one. But it's still it's still terrible sexism. I think. Just I'm a different generation. The Islamophobia and the racism. So let's say it was a male chauvinist pig who said the sexist thing. Mm -hmm. Which is the worst in your mind? Because they're all words. They're just words. Wait, hold, no, let, let's back up. But, are you saying 
are you saying in this example, if Sam B is like, if she was a male chauvinist, pig. if she was, if she, so if Bill Maher had said this, is what you're saying? He's still a comedian. Okay. What? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, it would be a comedian on a yeah. comedy show, right? Um, so who is a male chauvinist? Yeah. yeah. I'm just picking chauvinist. one up. Yeah. Or even just a male. Yeah. Um. I mean, it would we be. We know why I picked chauvinist is yeah. because that was the term in the seventies. Okay. You know, yeah. you it it sort of. Bill Maher fits the bill you very know, well. White okay. right wing. Racist, you know, that's the term now, the term of art. For, do you know what I mean? The words are strung together. They're put together and they mean something more than the whole. Well, uh, so that's why I said male, male chauvinist, chauvinist pig, because uh, that's from the era of um, the um, right. tennis players. Right. So, I'm, I'm going back to my roots. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah, no, so, I know male chauvinist Well, let's, let's yeah. keep going with this example. Yeah. Um, we we have uh, the male chauvinist. Yeah. Um, so basically the um, not really a, a, a Sambi analog uh, in 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 real life, in male, but yeah. like a male chauvinist, that yeah. would be okay saying something like that. Yeah. Versus Roseanne as Roseanne, yeah. um, saying what she said, and about what a was black woman about about black women, yeah, uh, and about no about Valerie Jarrett, yeah. So what would what is the question? That and you the, have is there? so I'm asking in your minds because I can rank these in my mind. Okay, they're all terrible, but you know from comedians I don't expect much, but. Islamophobe, racist, sexist. How do you rank those bigotries in in your world? Okay, so and do you rank them? Maybe you don't. Maybe they're all equal. There, if if I yeah, um, please. There are the the problem with with that equation is that it's taking out a lot of variables. I am actually trying uh, to and do that. So. Okay, so just so it's a, so yeah, it's we, not a real scenario. Then we just uh, strip out the the people talking and just talk about sexism, Islamophobia, and racism. Yep. And when a person says something that is uh-huh. one of those three categories, I'm just trying to make it in a neutral, co-equal it can't discussion. Be, it, that, that's that. That's the thing. That's impossible because the the circumstances of of speech really really colors what the speech is uh like if if i like i on my personal tweet twitter um for for uh press start to continue at press start vfr if i sometimes <laughs> i read yeah sometimes i retweet stuff from quote unquote black twitter and they and sometimes they throw out the term nigga i can say that you cannot say that <laughs> no so is that is that racist? No. I can tell you. Yeah. Um when Sam B says says the C bomb, I cannot say that. Because I, I am male. That does not I cannot say that because when I say it it's it's stupidly sexist. So what percent do you have to be to be able to say it? Of of any of those of, categories, like on on the gendered, well, gender, scale, you know, or? there's people that are both genders. Yeah, the, so I know. I, 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 yeah. I meant like on on the gen- gender yeah. scale. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, can you just be a little bit female and you can say it? Or depends. Yeah, all of this depends. Context is very important. So, for instance, I would argue that if Sam B had said that about a black woman, I would have a different opinion than of the President's affluent. Daughter prominent white woman that she said it of that's so funny because for me it's absolute 
and it goes feminism, racism, anti-religion, in that order, just in a in a pristine environment, not contextual. But I get what you're saying. There's no pristine environment. There is no pristine environment. That's, that's true. Not. That's something that everybody needs to. Um, I mean, th- th- this is this is uh, like pristine environment, like. Of course, it would be different for me because things affect me differently than well, you. Well, I'm I'm um, I'm female, and, and so or at least was born female, and that ch- that changes how I feel about it. Yeah, which is why I put it at number one that it's it's never acceptable, right, th- to me. And of Someone, course, I would say that I consider myself to be a radical feminist, not a turf, uh, but an actual radical feminist who believes that you know all of the things about feminism, and. To me, it is completely and utterly a non-story. Turf is trans-exclusive radical feminism. Please continue. Sorry. Um, I, I'm sorry to be jargoning at people. No, it's good. People get an education. <laughs> That's why I come on Friday nights. <laughs> so, um, you know, I but think... But that's that interesting because I, you know, like I said, I can easily rank them given my life experience, but, you know, it's not valid to other people. Right. It it's you know you've told me before, Stace. You know, in other circumstances, there's showstoppers for you. Oh yeah. Yeah, and when you have a showstopper, it's like, you know, it's like having one issue politics. It's it's really important to you. So this is also like um just just getting into celebrity speech. This is also uh we can talk about Kanye. I, oh I yeah. Think we talk, did we talk about we. him before? I don't think it just we got into it. We don't much. have to go no, into I, it. But, I'm sorry, I didn't um, mean to. I mean, one derail. of the funny things is he just released uh, some new music, and some people are like, "Oh, Kanye released," and everybody's like, "What? Why? Why did you?" But uh, he, what he said was, "Slavery was a choice." Um, yeah, we didn't get into it. Uh, he said, "I think that was one of the weeks you couldn't be here, and yes, since there were three white women, white people, excuse me, <laughs> sitting around the table, probably." So yeah. what he said was, "Slavery was a choice." If that was a white person, he would have gotten lambasted even more instead of just by black Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody would have gone after him. Um, so that context uh, is, and there was someone that did go after, and him he didn't in the say video. slavery is a choice. By the people who sold people into slavery. It no, was just no, no, slavery. He, he is, said after 400 years, um, at that point, slavery was a choice. Slavery seems like a choice. He was highly implying that if black people had really not wanted to be slaves, they could have done something about it. Yeah, oh, I had an argument okay, about thank that. Thank you for being that's explicit. Yeah. Um, arguing. So we have that. That is that is racist. Um, in in certain ways, but he's a black man, so him saying that is different from like a white woman or white man saying that. Or should he lose uh, his job if he was at a big media? Outlet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean that, and that's and then, a business decision. But. Yeah, and then Roseanne, the the other thing that 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 we have to take into account there with her show getting canceled is how ABC handles handles their 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 stars too there's a lot of context there too because she was saying a ton of stuff like anti-cinematic stuff and she said this one racist thing and she got the boot and that really shows the oh that's interesting i hadn't heard that discussion she was well, she was retweeting a, a a conspiracy theory about um soros uh taking george soros yeah taking the uh wealth from other Jews in uh, the, during the Holocaust 
to get them out of Germany or something. He was n- between nine and fourteen, depending on when you're t- talking about the Holocaust. That is not true. Oh, wow. But uh, he'd actually tweeted that at she actually tweeted that at Chelsea Clinton because she thought Chelsea Clinton was married to George Soros's nephew. She's a wackadoodle. She is a wackadoodle. <laughs> Um, there so was, was someone guy. speaking of tweeting, that someone tweeted a great tweet, which was that, um, and I'm not going to be able to paraphrase it completely, but it was basically something like, you know, it was okay when she was doing these other things because it wasn't coming up to the level that they had to do something about it. But, you know, once she said that, that was too racist and they had to do something. But, yep. you know, the fact that her show was insanely racist didn't bother them in the least. Do you remember All in the Family? I mean, that was a very racist show by design. Right. By but that design. was by design. This was not by design. This was one of the episodes had a bit where she goes and she meets some Muslim neighbors and thinks that they're terrorists until they do something nice for her and then they're okay. That is the definition of racism. I saw that episode and they were terrified of her too because she showed up at two in the morning. I mean, honestly, who wouldn't be? Yeah. Roseanne just rolling up on you at two in the morning. <laughs> with her sister. Yeah. I forget who was with her, but. Yeah, that I would be terrified too. I'd yeah. lock all the doors and everything and that would be terrible. <laughs> just. Oh, I'm just talking about real life, though, on the TV show. Um, so we are out of time right now. Well, you um, guys have more sophisticated context than I do, I think. Well, you know, maybe more more faceted it, in it, some ways than, the, you know, the, the, the. don't forget I grew up in the 60s. Oh, well, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm saying. The, there's a different, there, that we, have, we all have different um, experiences. We all have different experiences with, with this sort of thing. I have different experience with racism than other black people or white people. Yeah, we all. You know, um, <laughs> they, I, I don't have the same experience with feminism as you do or as you do because you are different ages. I'm t- pointing to two different people here. You can't <laughs> see me because it's radio. So I'm 65 and you're... I will be 40 in two weeks. <gasps> oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know how old I am. I keep... I, keep, <laughs> I thought you were already 40. Oh, Mike just uh, wrote in to say that he's okay with being called a white woman when I uh, <laughs> when I slipped up. That's Mike. My we life. love you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, why we couldn't talk about that story because it was all three right, white women. Uh, <laughs> must but, uh, be time to go. Right, well, on, that's on, that, that's on that note, we so should let Wendy. You, uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Civil Politics of Valley Free Radio. Upcoming is uh, Subculture with Wendy, which is a fantastic show. You should all stay online for that. Uh, we also have yeah wendy she's outside uh we also have um table of contacts table of contents contacts right after that and then okay asia if you are into k-pop j-pop and all of that good stuff all any any if you know any nerdy people then you just tell them about okay asia because they'll they'll probably want to listen um bts army so have a great night and We'll talk to you next time. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.